There's a model of heaven down here below. It's a picture of glory sublime. With the glorious body of Christ our dear Lord, live here on creation of thine. Our Savior has given the sweet sacrifice for a bitter and sinful old tree. You hunger between heaven and earth, my dear Lord. Increase my devotion to Just gives us a glimpse of lovely and marvelous scenes. That heavenly city is calling me home, that wonderful place of my God. Our Savior has given the sweet sacrifice, what a bitter and sinful old tree. You hunger between heaven and earth, my dear Lord. Increase my devotion to Thee. Oh, what a reunion we'll have that glad day. The face of our God we'll all see. Those loved ones we'll hold in our arms once again. In that wonderful place of our God. Our Savior has given us sweet sacrifice. What a bitter and sinful old tree. You hunger between heaven and earth, my dear Lord. Increase my devotion to thee. The church is that model of heaven for me. I love to be with them and sing. The word to proclaim it delights my poor heart. I will show how the lost may be free. Our Savior has given the sweet sacrifice. What a bitter and sinful old tree. You hunger between heaven and earth, my dear Lord. Increase my devotion to
several weeks now, we've been looking at the different I am statements that Jesus makes in John's gospel. And those I am statements, if you remember from, from several weeks ago, they include things like where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door or the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. And the last time we looked at where he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Well, today we've come to the seventh and the final I am statement where Jesus says, I am something. And here, this time, what we see in John chapter 15 is where Jesus says, I am the vine. Now, he actually says it two different times, which, I mean, that doesn't surprise us because several of these other things that we've seen, he said it more than once as well. The first time he says that I am the true vine. The next time we, uh, we read that, he just says, I am the vine. That doesn't make any difference, obviously, with him being the true vine. He is the vine. So let's take a look now at John chapter 15. And what we're going to do is we're just going to look at it as uh, the, the way that it, at least it's, it's grouped in the NIV Bible. And that is in, in three different paragraphs. We're, we're going to look at those three paragraphs and notice something about each one of them. John chapter 15 beginning in verse 1 and going down through verse 4. It's Jesus speaking, and he says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Okay, so this first time that we see, the, the first thing that we're gonna look at, of course, this is where Jesus says, I am the true vine. And then he, he uses that example about a vine there. And he would have used this as an example uh, among people that would really you know, know what he's talking about, uh, both because vines are a thing, uh, you know, it's a part of a, their culture at that time, but then also with vines, there's several passages in the Old Testament uh, that kind of compare the vine and the nation of Israel. Um, now, usually it's kind of interestingly, uh, typically at least, where God is getting on to Israel for not growing, for not producing fruit, and he calls them a vine. So it's not by accident that Jesus starts talking about how he is this vine. And, but, you know, he brings in new meaning. It's no longer that he's really talking about the nation of Israel and they're not bearing fruit. No, he's saying that he's the true vine and we are connected to them. And if we don't bear fruit, then what's going to happen is the same thing that if you have a, a vine that has a branch that's not bearing fruit, what happens to that? Well, it gets cut off. That, that's what happens. It gets cut off from the rest of it. And then what we also see in this passage, though, is this, this statement about cutting. Uh, at least we're going to kind of stick with this this. Uh, image of this vine and, and cutting off there. Because the first time in verse 2 that it mentions about cutting is cutting off those branches that aren't bearing fruit. However, what about the ones that do bear fruit? Well, now you see there's another type of cutting, but we call it something different. We call it pruning. Now, um, if you are reading in the, the uh, NIV, there is a little footnote there for the word pruning. And it says the Greek for he prunes also means he cleans. So, you know, as we look at this, you know, you might be thinking, okay, well, okay, pruning, he cleans. 
okay, yeah, you can see how pruning is a type of cleaning up. You know, you're cleaning up the vine, you're cleaning up the branch here, and you're getting rid of this, the stuff that's not producing a fruit, so the rest will be uh, more fruitful. Well, I really like how, uh, at least the translation that I came across in the World Biblical Commentary, and that is the first time it translates it just, you know, normal, that those branches are cut off. But the second time it talks about cutting, there with pruning, it actually translates it as cuts clean. Okay, so the ones that do bear fruit, he cuts clean so that they will be even more fruitful. And that kind of draws in some of the Greek that's going on here because in English, you know, we got all these different words, cut off, pruning, and then we have this word for clean here in verse 3. But in Greek, it's kind of a more natural flow that one just goes right into the next. So here, what happens with this connection that we have to this true vine? Well, if we don't produce fruit, we're cut off from the vine. You can't live very long whenever you're cut off from the vine. The vine is the thing that sustains uh, the branches. Also here, we see that, uh, that the branch that does bear fruit, he cuts clean. He cleans that. He cleans it up so that it will be even more fruitful. And then he mentions that you are already clean. Now, this is not the first time that Jesus has talked about being clean. In fact, here in John 15, one thing that would have naturally come to their mind was something that Jesus has just recently said a couple chapters ago, whenever they were celebrating the, the meal of the Passover. Do you remember what happens in John's gospel? John's the only one that records this, that whenever they're getting ready for this meal, Jesus takes the place of a servant and he starts washing all of their feet. And they have this conversation about being clean and being unclean. John chapter 13. Let's take a look at that. Let's look at verses 6 through 11 and let's get this story. So I already told you Jesus, he takes on, uh, he takes on the clothes of a servant, but he takes on the role of a servant. Verses 6 through 11 we read, Jesus came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. Of course, this passage is going to come to their mind. It's just happened, you know, not too long ago from whenever we're looking here in John 15. So when he talks about being clean, they're going to come back to this because he's just washed their feet. He's just kind of cleaned them up. But then he also made this interesting statement that they're not all clean. And that's the same type of thing that we see whenever Jesus is saying that he's the vine, isn't it? Because whenever he says that he is the vine, he talks about how some of the branches are going to bear fruit. Some of the branches are not going to bear fruit. And we see that even among Jesus' own disciples, some of the disciples go on and they bear much fruit. Some of the disciples, like Judas, he chose a different way. He chose not to bear fruit. So we see kind of this, this judgment type thing that is taking place. This cutting of stuff. This, this removal of what needs to be removed. If it needs to be part of you, that's what Jesus does. If it needs to be all of you so that the, the rest of the vine and the branches can continue to live, then that is also what happens. Just like physically speaking, you have to cut off that which is 
which is dead or which is dying, so that the rest of it can thrive and can bear much fruit. Jesus, here, he's talking about those who are connected to the vine. He's talking about the church. But let's see what else he's talking about. Because there at that last few, few verses of what we looked at, he mentions about remaining in him. He continues that thought in verses 5 through 8 now. And he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is my Father's, this is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So now what Jesus is talking about, he, he just mentioned about this cutting that might have to, to happen in different circumstances in the first four verses. Now he's saying that he is the vine, you are the branches. You know, we are the branches. And we have this calling that we must remain in Jesus. And then Jesus will also remain in us. We kind of have this promise there with this. The whole purpose behind us remaining in Jesus and Jesus remaining in us is so that we will bear much fruit. He's continuing on this, this same thought about bearing fruit and about this image that would, that would speak to the people there. And as he talks about bearing fruit, he also tells us kind of the, the purpose as to why we are bearing fruit. In verse 8, he says, this is to my Father's glory. See, this is how we can bring glory and honor and praise to the name of our Heavenly Father, is if we remain in Jesus, and if Jesus remains in us, we will bear much fruit. And whenever we bear much fruit, we show ourselves to be disciples of our Heavenly Father, and we bring Him glory. So here is... As Jesus is talking about him being the vine and us being the branches, he talks about how it's necessary to cut away things. And then he also talks about how we must bear fruit and we must remain in him. It's not by accident that my mind instantly starts going to what's called in another passage as the fruit of the spirit, about bearing this fruit. Because, you know, we look at this and we, we see, okay, he says that we will bear much fruit, but what does it mean to bear fruit? Well, Paul tells us later, and he kind of combines these two thoughts about cutting some things out of our life, but then also bearing fruit whenever he speaks of the fruit of the Spirit. Let's look at that together in Galatians chapter 5. In Galatians 5, I want us to back up to verse 19. Now, you know, normally we focus on verses 22 and 23, which we're going to get there. But let's back up to 19 and let's notice that sometimes there are things that we have to cut out of our lives. I mean, look at this list here. This list is right before the one about the fruit of the Spirit. Verse 19 says, the acts of the flesh are obvious, and he lists those acts. He says, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's what needs to be cut out of our lives. But look at verse 22. This is how we bear much fruit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. 
Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. This is what he's talking about. This is how we can remain in Jesus. This is how we bear this much fruit. This is the type of fruit that we need to, to bear. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I know in the NIV it says forbearance, but you know I'm not used to that one. I'm, I'm used to kind of what I'm used to, I guess you would say. But here, that's the type of, of fruit of the Spirit that we are called to bear. That's the type of, of much fruit that Jesus spoke of in John 15. And we can only bear these things whenever we are connected to the vine. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches who are called to bear fruit while we remain in him. And sometimes being able to bear that fruit, it means we got to cut out the things from that previous list. These acts of the flesh should not be found among us. So now going back to John 15, we see the, the first part of it that we've been looking at, the first couple of, of paragraphs. We've got one more paragraph that we're going to look at. But the first couple of paragraphs, it deals with Jesus being the vine, us being the branches, and us remaining in him. Now we see that combined with that, we see another thought added. Verses 9 through 17 is all about love and how we must love. Let's look at this together. Still Jesus is speaking, and he says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands, and remain in his love. I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. So now in connection to this remaining in Jesus, remaining connected to the vine, since we are the branches and bearing much fruit, he connects this with love. He says very plainly that he is faithful to the Father's commands, and that is remaining in his love. But now this command that he gives to us, you know, he says it a few different times. He says it here in verse, verse 12. He says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. In verse 17, he says, this is my command, love each other. And there's a lot of places in between that he is talking about this love and the need for us to love. It's what we should do because we are Christians. It's not like, it, it is a command in one sense, but it's also what should come naturally to us. And, and we also see the type of love that it is. In verse 12, he says, my command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. See, we see how he has loved us. And if you want to know how he loved us, just read the Gospels. When you read the Gospels, you will see on every page of them how Jesus shows love and also how we should show love to our fellow man as well. He also tells us in verse 13, the greatest way that we could love someone is to lay down one's life for one's friend. 
Now, they didn't exactly know it there in John 15 because they hadn't experienced it yet. But a few chapters later, what we read about is how Jesus, he did that. Ultimately, he laid down his life for us all. He gave up his life because of the love that he had. He offered his life because of that love and him being faithful to his father's commands. That's the call that we have to follow this command. That we should love each other just as Jesus has loved us. So in this passage, whenever Jesus says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. He tells us that we need to remain in him. He also tells us that, that some things might need to be removed. And hopefully, you know, that will be just things uh, around us, things that maybe are those acts of the flesh that need to be cut out so that we can continue to bear fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. And we are called to remain in the vine and to bear that fruit. And one of the things that he specifically talks about there in connection with bearing this fruit is following the commands of Jesus. And this command is to love each other as I have loved you. We must love each other as Jesus has loved us. I love you, Lord, so I want to be baptized and wash my sins away. I love you, Lord, so I want to be baptized and then I can be saved. I love you, Lord, so I want to be baptized. With Jesus I'll be raised. I love you, Lord, so I want to be baptized. Giving God, Giving God the praise, and I'll be born again. Born of the water and the Spirit, and I'll be born again. Washed in the blood of them, and I'll be born again. Walking in the love of forgiveness, and I'll be born Yes, born again, obeying Christ the Lamb. I love the Lord, so my friends, I've been baptized and washed my sins away. I love the Lord, so my friends, I've been baptized. I'm now among the saved. I love the Lord, so my friends, I've been baptized. With Jesus, I've been raised. I love the Lord, so my friend, I've been baptized, giving God, giving God the praise, and I've been born again, born of the water and the Spirit, and I've been born again, washed in the blood of the Lamb, and I've been born again, walking in a life of forgiveness, and I've been born Yes, born again, a child of God I am. I love you, friends, won't you come and be baptized and wash your sins away? I love you, friend, won't you come and be baptized and then you can be saved? I love you, friend, won't you come and be baptized? With Jesus you'll be raised. I love you, friend, won't you come and be baptized? Giving God the praise, and I'll be born again. Born of the Father and the Spirit, and you'll be born again.
Yes, born again, obeying Christ the Lord.